0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the only place that you should be getting your podcast information about game development and the lifestyle of game developers. That's right, the Game Dev, the game Dev Unchained podcast. I'm one having the team bring you this awesome podcast with Charles, helping me do the heavy lifting on his side of the table.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Game Dev Unchained, the original podcast that brought you to us right uh bringing along with me our special guest kylan coates so i'm gonna unmute you right now and we should be able to hear you kylan hey how's it hey, going bro.
2: i got the audio going Good, bro. how you doing bro?
1: oh man i always have that thing perfectly timed dude it's uncanny <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is the part of the podcast where we hand the mic to you for a second to kind of give our audience and listeners out there a little intro of who you are, where you've been, where you're heading.
2: Yeah. All so, right, cool. Uh, so, so uh, I've been, um, uh, I've been in the industry for about uh, eleven or twelve years, um, mainly doing UX/UI work. Uh, yeah, right over. Uh, uh, over the last about year and a half, um, decided to make the jump to go full time indie. Uh, so, actually started up um, a little indie studio called Crispy Creative, uh, focusing on UX/UI work for games and for tech, and uh, also working on our on our first game.
0: Uh, so that's kind of me in a nutshell. It's a two-for-one kind of person right there. Not only does Crispy Media do fantastic UI work for your game, but they're also working on a game themselves. That's a one-two punch that a lot of indie studios should look at doing, I would suggest. Being valuable to other companies, keep the lights on while you work on your baby, and then, boom, hit the world with your your brilliant piece of content. Kylan, I'm so happy to have you with us. It's so great to see you again. Absolutely. Good to see you guys. Yeah. We worked together at one of the uh, studios in the past, actually, so got to hang out with Kylan actually twice, I think was Obsidian, but then also um, we really became like solid friends when we were working together at Unbroken Studios. That mm-hmm. was when that was when the bromance, bromance. really started. I think
1: you work wow. twice together, yeah. you're <laughs> legally married by the state. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So so of course with anybody that goes and make the dive, my favorite question to start off with was when was it comfortable for you to actually make the jump? When was that moment where you felt where everything was lining up and there's enough risks and reward for you to be like, I can do this, I can at least try and give it a try? Uh
2: there wasn't. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was uh, uh so the last, my last full-time job um was at Obsidian Entertainment, as Larry kind of mentioned. Um, I'd been there for about four and a half years, uh, worked on a couple of projects. The last project was, uh, was outer worlds, which should be released later on this year. It's kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, uh, unfortunately I got hit by layoffs, uh, pretty unexpectedly. Um, and then, uh, coming home and talking to my husband and he said, Hey, you've always wanted to start your own studio. You've always wanted to make your own game. Why not now? Uh, and that's that was kind of the start the the first year was to see like is this possible can i can i make a living doing freelance work um keep the mortgage paid keep the lights on mm-hmm. and uh, uh it 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 turned out really well it it was a bit of a trial run of just is this uh when is the money going to run out you know when am i when am i going to have to go back to full time work um, and the work kept coming Thankfully, I was very lucky in that. Uh, so then, beginning of this year was okay. You know, there's enough of a of a network of a clientele. Um, what's why don't we try to go full time uh, indie development um, and and space out the contract work a little bit more. Um, and, and it's kind of the same thing. Like until the money runs out, we'll keep doing it. So <laughs>
0: well, first I'd like to say, shout out to significant others, forcing and enabling us to follow our dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's huge, you know, to have this person yeah. behind you to say like, Hey, we got this, give it a shot. I know you're not going to be happy when we're 80 and you didn't. So right, right, right. let's just find out we can recover. So I'm really happy that you have that in your life first. Um, oh yeah. Super lucky there. Yeah. Second is like, even if the jumping point wasn't a comfortable transition, the fact that you did it, right? Like, I I commend you for, regardless of how you got to being an indie, you're in indie and you're giving it a shot. Like, you didn't immediately, like, well, I need to find a new job. Instead of, you said, I need to make this work. I'm going to start my studio. And how I'm going to do it is by being UI still, getting contract work, and then working on my game on the side.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: For sure. And I guess I will say a little bit of,
2: I, I had been... I'd been thinking about, um, doing independent development for, for years, for a long, long time. And at the, at the age that I'm in, at the point in my life that I'm in, um, I had been working towards that. Mm Uh, so I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. Uh, that was kind of always, even when I was in my undergrad, that seemed like an ideal point to, uh, try to start my own business because if everything explodes, there's still enough time to go back and and salvage a career uh full-time um so it's uh yeah it it was a complete leap of faith i had been thinking about it for a while but that final kick off the cliff was
0: definitely more from the husband of like just go do it freaking go Mm -hmm. and uh if you don't mind telling us right now how far along are you on your own game i guess in your indie venture so uh so right now um
2: uh, we have a prototype there's a gameplay loop which is really exciting oh, nice. um looking at doing a crowdfunding campaign later on this year mm-hmm. uh oh. to to show yeah so that's all the work that goes into that yeah yeah Let's um back all this but uh uh but yeah um so so it actually it started um like january 1st uh was really when I had a concept in mind and that's when I started doing paper prototypes, uh, digital prototyping, seeing like, is there something here? Mm -hmm. Um, I'd done market research over the last year for a couple other games. Um, Those other games didn't really, nothing panned out there. It just wasn't fun. Um, But I had that market research. It seemed to point in a certain direction to a certain genre. Um, And that was where it's like, hey, let's, taking that genre. Is this fun? Is, is there something here that, um, we could go forward with? And uh, I keep saying we, I'm the one full-time developer. <laughs> so it's, it's not this huge studio. It's, I'm the one full-time person and I work with a variety of, of contractors, um, literally around the world, uh, that I've, I've either met personally or have been connected to through other, uh, other people in my network. Um, so, uh, so it's not a huge endeavor. It's all self-funded. It's all scrappy bootstrap, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, but it's exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like however we make the leap, it's the leap that is required. I yeah. think for anybody that wants to do things full time. I, I also greatly advise anybody who goes into this business, the game development industry to always have some type of at least interest in business because it being so volatile us constantly being moved around and we're, we're talking about you moving between or, or at least going between obsidian and then la right? Yeah, that, right that 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 commute alone would really bring someone down <laughs> on a daily oh, basis man. And it's like, yeah, people there's look at that. It's like, oh, it's only an hour of, there's away. There's a lot of
0: free time on that 405.
1: That's, that's what I mean. But it, it might as well just live in a different city at yeah. that point because that hour and a half, if you're lucky, uh, plus you know, plus all the traffic time can really, really tear you down. Because eventually you either have the 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 grit to kind of go through traffic or eventually go through the train, which doubles your time even more. Um, that, that's the reality of it. There's not a lot of game development within Orange County, but as we all know, the Orange County is the best place to live <laughs> you know, in California. And,
2: and that's, I mean, I, I actually live in Long Beach, uh, which is like right in between the West side, which is a lot of studios, Santa Monica, you know, Sony's over there, EA, Naughty Dog, all those, right. all that. And then, uh, Irvine, which is the, you know, the Orange County hub for, um, and that, the, yeah, and that's that's actually why we bought the house where we got it because it was like okay, well we live in an unstable industry. Yeah. Uh if if something goes wrong, uh uh in one area, I have I still have some semblance of access to the other kind of hub in the area. Right. No. Um so and, and also, like, I mean, I yeah. oh sorry.
1: Sorry. So there's a cluster of game developers <laughs> in Long Beach just waiting for <laughs> shit to hit the fan basically is There, so.
2: there really is. Uh, like not not even joking, the more that I hang out around here, the more I, I talk to people who they work at Blizzard or they work at Naughty Dog or they work at Sony Santa Monica mm-hmm. uh and they all live in Long Beach, not it's only for scary. the affordability, um but the location and
1: uh Yeah, the transit right with there.
2: LA yeah. Yeah, I mean it's the blue line is shut down right now, but when it opens back up, <laughs> it's oh, no. it's much more accessible. Um line. no one ever rushes eyes, to the blue line. It's like a
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like a have to type of measure. The blue line is just the roughest line out of all the metro trains <laughs> from experience.
2: For E3 it's great. Get to downtown LA, it's, perfect, it's great. Yeah. But that's
1: that's it. That's, That's it. all the that music. for yeah. <laughs> the rest of the song, you're just trying not to touch too many things. <laughs> the, I have so yeah, many. Yeah, down. I
0: call them encounters on the blue line, where it just you know you're minding your own business, doing your own thing, and then all of a sudden, randomly, like, oh, okay, you're just gonna, oh,
1: yeah. You, you're just sometimes gonna do you that get a on the train, huh? All right, cool, no problem. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that's the realities of Los Angeles. Yeah. Like if you're trying to get around, especially, I don't know what it was like. Did you ever take the train? You take the train. It sounds like you've take, taken the train to commute before.
2: I mean, I've I've not, not to commute. It's okay. just, it's never made sense time-wise. Um, okay. For, for me to drive down to Irvine. I mean, that's, like you said, it's about 45 minutes to an hour from Long yeah. Beach to uh, Obsidian. Um my, my first Development job uh, was in Santa Monica, and I was actually living in Pasadena at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was an hour and a half one way, uh, and that you know, but it was it was my first dev job. Like, take what you can get, you know. Um, but that was that was brutal. That was really really rough. Um, and yeah, listen to a lot of audiobooks, a lot of podcasts. So.
0: yeah
1: where we thrive.
0: Colin, let me ask you a question on behalf of all the people who might soon be in a position like yours or who want to be in a position like yours, which is, I am a talented and valued developer in the industry, but I want to do my own thing, right? I guess, was it always your plan from day one of you starting your studio to do like moonlighting and game development? Or did you start with just game development and then realize you needed to start moonlighting to make it work? Mm Um,
2: I'd always wanted to start my own studio. I always wanted to run my own business, um, if for nothing else, and just as a life experience, uh, to, to be your own boss. Um, and there was a bit of, I mean, I, I've been critical of, um, the, the bosses of my former employers, uh, not, not just Obsidian, but other, other studios that I've been at. Um, so starting my own studio was a bit of like, you know, Hey, Put up or shut up. Like mm-hmm. if you think you can do better, do it yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's always been uh, it's always been a, a plan, a goal of mine. Um, when I tried to do development while I was still working full time, um, it, it was just really hard. It was hard to get enough traction to get enough uh, momentum behind something. Yeah. Uh, and that added into you know go in eight hours a day put in all the creative energy into that project and then add on an extra two hours, you know, two and a half hours of driving time to that as well. Um, Getting home, I just didn't have a lot. There wasn't a lot left to do, do my own development. Um, So full-time Indie, that, that always was the goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even when I first started out, I was like, I I don't know enough. I, I need to get some experience. I need to know more. Um, about everything, and that's why I've I stayed in full time work for as, as long as I have, or as long as I did. So well, I, sorry, I, I, did I get off? <laughs> so your question? I mean, just
0: I was, it was mainly it, it's 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 not that you got off. It's I'll give you an opportunity to clarify the explicitness of what I was asking, which is just all right, you've got your studio going now, right? Mm -hmm. Day one, Kyle is no longer employed in the game industry. You know that you want to make your own game. But you were also telling us that you took on work when you could to do UI design. Like that's part of your company, which Mm -hmm. is Crispy Media will do UI, UX for your project while you specifically are working on developing your own game. So I guess just take me through that decision to like hybridize your Mm -hmm. company.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. For sure. So that was always... uh, uh, Kind of hedging your bets, making getting diverse revenue streams in um, to make sure that it's a sustainable business. Um, I looked at a lot of uh, I looked at other studios that uh, would would try to diversify their their revenue streams. Um, Us two, us two games um, that did Monument Valley. They were uh, kind of the main inspiration behind it. So they're a creative agency first, doing. Uh, websites doing digital products, app design, all of that. Yeah. Uh, and then they made Monument Valley as an exploration mm-hmm. of like, Hey, well, we haven't done a video game before. What is this like? Yeah. Uh, and it came out hugely successful. So, you know, and now they're, they have part- I think they just announced they're working on the third one.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so that was always, that was always in the back of my head. Um mainly because I'm a worrier Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't like putting all my eggs in one basket on, on anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Thankfully UX UI, it's a discipline that has transferable skills Mm -hmm. um, outside of games. So some of my clients have been, you know, tech companies that have been uh, redesigning UI for, for nutrition apps, you know, or doing, doing websites. Um, So that is a, uh, it's not always the most exciting work, but it's, it, it, it's not terrible either. You know, like I'm not designing weapon systems for the military or something like that. Like it's, yeah. uh, uh, it is bringing in funds. It's broadening my network of people that, uh, you can then draw from to work on your own project, your own game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so, so that's, it's always been the goal is to, to try to diversify as much as possible for, uh, for bringing in, bringing in revenue and that's for sustainability, um, different disciplines, it gets a little bit harder. So game does like systems design level design. That's a pretty niche, uh, discipline. Um, but as, as tech grows and advances, there's possibility of, of doing stuff for, uh, what was it, um, uh, Alexa, like the Alexa games, uh, Amazon Alexa and, yeah. and Google Home, they're looking at developing games um, or game-like experiences yeah. where the skills from systems and level designs can actually transfer over into tech.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't heard so just about that space. Can you uh, do you mind kind of explaining more about how the applications of games and? alexa the the, the well, sound device
0: yeah so like i the first thing i could think of is like this is low hanging fruit but Alexa's perfect for like bringing back choose your own adventure mm. right she'll read you mm-hmm. a passage ask you a question you answer it she voice recognizes and then I gives see. you the next
1: piece so like a dialogue tree that
0: was just what came to mind in us like, like talking to him just right
1: now i see it's something i think that could be easily so done. it's less visual but all audio or is it still with yes okay okay
2: no, no no it's all audio um with a lot of the uh speech to text or speech recognition um that helps to that helps a lot of the interactivity um one of my good friends uh he was actually working on uh a a uh version of jeopardy for oh, man. uh, uh man. for for audio devices um oh, Any which is perfect you say, yeah. it, it, oh, like you're it right totally works
1: <laughs> yep. um Very smart Oh, yeah. So no, I can uh, totally see that lane open up. Like all those, like party games. Four
0: people sitting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
1: yeah. the board, like the analog gaming side of things have been making a comeback for years now. Yeah. Right. And if they can actually market those devices as the center mm-hmm. as a referee, yeah. Holy moly.
0: Well, it's, I love the idea of Dungeons personal experiences me. coming back again. Right. Yeah. So, like with an analog, like if we play Catan, we're playing Catan. Yeah. But if we have Alexa, it's like having a console that is dedicated to, uh, assuming could this play all Play the goes music well, and the cue. Exactly, oh it's a God. console that's dedicated to providing me interpersonal experiences with people oh, real wow. like, that analog style of game night. I see. But this week we're playing a whole different game, yeah. right? So instead of buying 20, 30, 50, 150 boxed games,
1: like if this really is well, yeah. and
0: there's like some cool games, you could be buying like little $2 apps or even if it's just added in for free, I don't yeah. know. What the revenue plan is, but let's just assume that's it's very like a small purchase. clever. Yeah. yeah, put Alexa in the middle of the room and let's all sit around and play Who Done It
1: and have it. Oh my yeah. God, mm-hmm. I think that could be cool. All right, where do we get this money, Kyle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you convinced me. Where do I sign up? For? Yeah. Well, that's the that's the exciting thing about game developers. There's we can obviously chalk up to why game developers are having trouble right now yeah. and why business is uh, is an avenue that everybody should look into. But also as an industry, we're thriving in so many ways. Uh, Alexa, Google Home, these are yeah. avenues that I haven't even looked at myself. Yeah. But like non-gaming development, uh, we're talking about enterprise, yeah. uh, practical applications, are are using game tech right now. And yeah. they're like Tesla was talking about how they're incorporating games oh, within their dashboard. Tesla,
0: man, Tesla put chess yeah but they're
1: they're, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. they're they're starting to put like legitimate games yeah. within the car
0: that big ass screen i mean you may as well Well, that's drive? the plan right because uh,
1: everything's automated now yeah. right uh, they want to make it so that you don't drive and at a certain point how do we kill time and they're future-proofing it yeah but yeah, this is a great way to connect. YouTube
0: is in there. Like, oh, oh man, I would love to own like a dope. Ad- All right. oh,
1: We're going off. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, let's,
0: let's unpack your game a little bit specifically because you yeah. teased us with the idea that you started your own game. So can you tell our audience a little bit about what your game is about and what's exciting about why someone would want to play it? Like, I know personally, so I'm asking on behalf of the audience.
2: Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so the game, uh, it's called a long journey to an uncertain end. Uh, and this is actually the first time it's ever been announced. So oh. if you guys get an exclusive, Hell yeah. uh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, I know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> shoot, I should have had some fireworks to shoot off. Uh, we'll do so enough. it's, there you go. <laughs> uh, so it's, um, it's a sci-fi, uh, survival strategy game, um, aimed at being accessible, uh, and aimed at an older, more casual audience. Uh, so older, that's 25 to 45 year olds. Um, it's, uh, the gamer audience that, uh, you don't have time to spend, you know, 80 hours a week playing Fortnite to get at something, uh, to get, to try to get good. You, uh, you're playing games on your iPad while you're sitting and watching Netflix with your family. Uh, So it's the, the game is, is focused, focused to that market, um, premise of the game. Uh, you're a sentient spaceship fleeing an abusive relationship from your former owner. Mm -hmm. Uh, so in this universe, which is a, a Mobius, um, think fifth Element and Firefly Mm -hmm. style, uh, universe, um, Sending in spaceships are not only quite rare, but also quite illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you are fleeing your ex, mm-hmm. uh, you pick up other crew members um, who are going through their own journeys, nice. uh, send them out on jobs in uh, different uh, planets, moons, space stations. They'll do their jobs according to their skills, uh, bring back resources to keep you refueled, repaired. Uh, and keep you going as you move make your way further and further out into Man. into the universe.
1: What do they call it when you're re- recruiting uh while you're working? What is that? Poaching? Is it poaching? Well, that's that's recruiting <laughs> from somewhere else. That, you know I mean? Yeah, yeah yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So, what's another rock term <laughs> that we can run? What's the name of this this uh, uh ex overlord that you have in your game? Oh.
2: <laughs> oh, your ex? uh Oh, it's st- still figuring that out. So they're uh so the ex, yeah,
0: your, your ex What's owner, another rock, rockish, <laughs> uh, like like uh, Moissanite or <laughs> Moissanite. I see, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: now you got my joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a long turnaround, but I love him man. I love the idea of this because obviously it's relatable to everybody in space. Yeah. Is all you can get away with a lot of things when it comes to story and. and and design.
0: I'm excited to hear that we are going to see another <laughs> space game with really interesting story and gameplay mechanics get crowdfunded Yeah, because I've seen them be very successful. there. <laughs> yeah. the <pilot>. <laughs> yeah. You could ask for a hundred. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Just put star or
1: citizen within the title and then you'll be good. Hundreds. Oh of gosh.
0: Hundreds <laughs> Man. So right? Um, can I ask why Kickstarter versus maybe traditional methods? Like I'm assuming you right. know, publisher contact.
1: Well, first you know, of all, is it Kickstarter? Have you looked at all the different platforms? Oh, crowdfunding, yeah. Crowdfunding, yeah, He didn't say Kickstarter. Like, explicitly. like this is where I'm actually really interested because years have gone by and then Kickstarter up and down, up and down. Mostly because, you know, they don't really pay attention as much uh, on the Kickstarter front to focus on gaming as a real threat. Mm-hmm. Like, have you done your study on this side? Like, what what what's the landscape right there with yeah, yeah. crowdfunding now? So, which one did
0: you land on? So, uh, why also, if you don't mind? For sure. Um, so, so
2: there's a, a variety of, of platforms. Um, what's the with the research that I did? Um, Kickstarter still still seems to be the most trusted um, version out of all Makes of them. Sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I did a, a a now. Where did I get? to that, uh, through a Twitter poll, um, from, uh, it's pretty, from, in all fairness, it's yeah. like a few hundred people responded. Uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, it seems decent enough. Yeah. Um, but also just doing, you know, doing research, there's Indiegogo, there's GoFundMe. Um, oh, yeah. there's, uh, there's other, uh, you know, I mean, Patreon is kind of crowdfunding, but it's, it's not for a project. Um, so, uh, Kickstarter seem to be the most widely, uh, widely trusted, but also widely known. Um, so if you say, Hey, I, I'm doing a Kickstarter, people are like, Oh, mm-hmm. I already know where to go. Right. I already know what it is. It's a bigger brand. So, you know, and, and and it's a, there's trust there of like, Oh, I'm just not throwing my money out into the ether. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, you could still run away with it, which is there's still a trust issue with Kickstarter campaigns in general, yeah, with crowdfunding yeah. in general, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be the one of the biggest hurdles is is building that trust of like, look, we're actually going to make something. We're not just going to take your money and, and leave. We're actually going to make something. We're able to make something. We're able to complete this to the level that we're pitching to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, so, so that was something that I that keeps me up at night a little bit is, okay, how do I make sure that we can, we can sell that this game is actually going to be made. Yeah. Um, But out of the poll, GoFundMe was actually the second most trusted one. Oh, wow. Um, But for, as far as like discoverability, GoFundMe is terrible. Like there's, there's no searchability. Uh, It's really awful. So I, I think that the, the trust factor comes in there is because most of the GoFundMe projects are um, for medical bills. Right. You know, they're uh, they're
0: for uh, they are uh, quite personal, plan.
1: very personalized. Yeah, yeah.
0: they are life insurance and health insurance. GoFundMe.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Indiegogo is in second for. It's I actually guess quite I don't really hear far much. down there. Yeah, I guess I don't you know, never really see it being covered in the press by with any projects or anything. Uh, is there like an initiative finally? Like Kickstarter team is kind of like let's let's get some games, let's get some people back on our side, you know, with the trust issue. Are I'm they sure do they have a team? Like let's pick they and love, curate some of this. Or they love others? getting a
0: cut of three million plus dollars. Yeah, I think games have done it the most consistently, right? Or not consistently, but the most frequently,
2: right? Well, and there's been you know there was that huge uh, rush, um, you know three, four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone and their mom had a Kickstarter, uh, and yeah, these huge, you know, huge campaigns, um, uh, that, that that blew up that didn't go anywhere, you know? Um, so of course, after that rush, then there was like the dearth. Uh, so people were like, well, no one's getting funded anymore. So forget it. Uh, and it seems like enough time has passed now that we're, uh, I don't know if I want to say it's matured enough, but it's maybe stabilized a bit. It stabilizes, um, yeah. So from from what I was reading, there are still a decent amount of games that video games that show up on Kickstarter, um, and that the percent percentage of them getting funded uh, are getting is is growing. Um, now, less games uh, means that less games being on Kickstarter means less games need to be successfully funded for that percentage to get higher, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, uh, but it, it does seem to be stabilizing a little bit more and, and people are kind of getting, they're understanding this is how you do a successful crowdfunding campaign.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, if I've only put up uh, a couple sketches, no video and say, Hey, you know, if you give me a thousand bucks, I'll, call you on your phone or something like that's not going to be successful. That's not going to work. Um, but, uh, but when you put in thought, when you put in, uh, a lot of effort, a lot, a lot of effort into the assets, into the trailer, into building up that trust, then it's much easier for people to say, Hey, you know what? Here's, here's five bucks. Here's 10 bucks. Um, looks like this game is going to already be made. Uh, if I can just get it cheaper now. Sure you know why not here's here's 20 bucks and and uh you know i i get a 30 dollar game when it's released for 20 bucks now
0: i feel like and you get to see the development process sorry i feel like that's a huge strategy for success on kickstarter for games is to definitely give them that feeling of like oh damn like it's underway it's a deal the Mm -hmm. team is competent and look at the stuff they've already produced yes i believe that this is going to be successful and like Kylan said, I'll gladly give you guys 20 bucks because I know it's going to be 39 mm-hmm. to be whatever when it's done. Yeah, That's yeah. how Mighty Number no. 9 got me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, this looks like it'll be done. So here, take my money now.
1: Yeah. And it feels like as long as they see the value in it, like people are willing to give in the money. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, a lot of the misconception out there is that, you know, people tend to buy $10 games more than $20. No, if the $20 game is what they want, they'll go over the $20 yeah. game. Which is uh, what we're finding out a lot lately.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's customers for games anywhere between free and about sixty nine dollars right now. Yeah, some games are getting more, but like co- those are collector's editions versions of a game that you could get cheaper. So I don't count them the same way as yeah. the minimum barrier to entry is the sixty dollar purchase. Right, right. Yeah.
2: And that I mean it, it goes to like with crowdfunding with Kickstarter, kind of like how how Netflix is done. You know, Netflix will take chances on these really kind of out there shows that mm-hmm. may not necessarily get made by big networks, mm-hmm. crowdfunding. This isn't new. It's from the beginning, but that allows games that are a little bit, uh, more non-traditional. I don't want to say riskier because I think if you keep doing the same thing, that's actu- that's actually riskier than doing something different, especially in entertainment. Um, so that, you know, that, that's where the advantage is for, uh, uh, for long journey. Um, one of the big, uh, uh, one of the big pillars of it is, is diversity is inclusivity, uh, doing stuff where doing stuff that I was told we couldn't do when I was working in AAA, um, when I was working at bigger studios. So, you know, that means, uh, the, the crew members are all, there's a diversity matrix that they have to fulfill. So nobody can be, um, so you have uh, nobody can be all four of these. Uh, nobody can be uh, both or both uh, cisgendered, which is the opposite of transgender. Uh, no one can be uh, cisgender and heterosexual and monogamous and able-bodied. No. Every crew member has to be something different. Uh, so you might have a, uh, a transgender lesbian accountant. Uh, or something as a crew member, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or a uh, heterosexual uh, disabled uh, pickpocket or something as a crew member. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So that's that's a dope character right there. Like, (laughs) oh, excuse me. Can you help me with this real quick? (laughs) Wallet identification taken. Oh, that's so Mm -hmm. cool. And then
2: why would you accuse me of stealing anything? (laughs) The poor cripple boy. What? Uh, So, um, so that uh, like. Characters like that, having non-binary characters, having, uh, uh, non-binary pronouns, um, those were all things that, uh, I I was told point blank when I was doing, um, full-time development that that's just, they're not going to do it. Uh, like now the localization issues are going to prevent us from, from having, uh, anything beyond, you know, uh, he, him, she, her, uh, and the development time is, is gonna prevent us so uh I, I don't like being told no so for my own game i'm like you know what like it's all in there it's all in there you know you're a sentient spaceship the player is going to be asked to self-identify you know the crew is going to ask you like so you're a spaceship what do i what do i call you what do i how do i refer to you yeah. and then the player gets to gets to decide you know would be like Look at my space balls it's he him you know or like <laughs> like I'm a spaceship it, like call me anything you know I'm 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 beyond this like there's no gender for me I'm a spaceship so um anyways that stuff doesn't seem to be able to get made in larger studios because it's seen as riskier mm-hmm. uh, despite looking at other areas in entertainment of uh, uh more diverse characters and uh, and the, the Marvel series, more diverse characters in Netflix, more diverse characters. And, uh, Netflix had this amazing, um, shorts, uh, uh, TV episodes, um, called special about a, uh, disabled gay man in LA. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. so sweet. It's hilarious. And I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, Because it's different, because it's diverse, you know, it stands out, which is absolutely what you need to do in a crowded marketplace. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm getting
0: off on my my own diversity tangent. I do want to say, though, what I love about you being able to represent or champion things that you were told no about the industry. One is you're helping course correct the people who believe those boundaries. Right. Because one thing I do know about big money is. Big money only believes in the constraints that have been proven, Mm -hmm. right? So them saying no is because it hasn't been proven yet that you can do what you're proposing. So Mm -hmm. Kylan is now doing the proof of concept. And guess who's going to be the first person to rip him off Mm -hmm. five years down the line, which Mm -hmm. is like, oh, wow. Remember that game, A Long Journey, that made all this money? Here's our four unique traits that no characters can have. And we're going to now explore these boundaries because Mm -hmm. we've seen that like, oh, all the time we thought this was a pile of yeah. dirt, it's actually a pile of gold. Yeah, yeah. And everyone ignored it. So now we'll swoop in. Yeah. You know, like, I would say there would be no Black Panther had there not been a Red Tails. Yeah, yeah. But Red Tails had to take a hit, go first, and, yeah. like, prove a con. And Red Tails was a great movie. It did mm-hmm. phenomenal. Not, it didn't do Black Panther. But you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't see studios that wanted to touch the concept of an all black predominant lead cast mm-hmm. telling a black centric story. Mm-hmm. Right. And that obviously a little partial to me being African American. But now mm-hmm. to point the spotlight back at Colin, Colin's like, no, I believe in this idea. Yeah. I think that there should be more of this because you're limiting yourself to only glorifying certain types of individuals and you're leaving everyone else out. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to champion this. I'm going to do this because. I asked everyone in the room, should I do it? And no one said no, because I'm the only guy here. So (laughs) it wins. It's still democracy. (laughs) (laughs) I want this game to be successful so bad because not just because obviously he's a friend of mine and Mm. he's gone independent. He's, you know, showing the way for the people that listen to this podcast. But Mm -hmm. just because I know how much gravity that this carries with it mm-hmm. and the positive change that could potentially occur mm-hmm. if this ends up being a proof of concept of being a little more open to the types of stories that you tell can be favorable.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I'm in full support of... Uh with any creative venture that has something to say, mm-hmm. I, I think it's everybody pet peeve to kind of see the things being recycled over and over again, just to make a buck yeah. right? as artists. I feel like that's our like uh, first rule of not doing things. We're going to do things at all. So, uh, this is fantastic, man. And you're right. Like the entertainment world is more open now mm-hmm. to accept originality and diversity. And, uh, and the disruptors are always done at a small scale first, like Larry mm-hmm. pointed out, like what you pointed out, Kylan. And uh, it, it is a trend that I'm seeing everywhere right now. Uh, you know, Larry talking about Black Panther, I'm seeing more Asian American becoming actors yeah. and it's actually a viable oh, yeah, choice man. now. Good. It's like, you know what? I have, a son, I have two sons, but one, one of my sons is like, you know, actually 10 years from now, I might actually be okay. Before it would be, hell no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want a career, right? But it's different now, but that's great. Yeah. It opens up a lot of opportunities for people.
2: I, I do think some of it has come to, um, because entertainment media is so much more accessible now that we can, we can watch, uh, films from the last 50, 60 decades. We can watch TV shows, all this, it's all available all the time. Um, all of that uh, for the vast majority of, of Western media has been focused on certain, certain stereotypes, certain Mm -hmm. archetypes Mm -hmm. of people. Um, before you, whatever came out, you, you watched. So you, you weren't able to be inundated by all of this sameness. Uh, now, because we have access to all this stuff, we see how, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, not, uh, profitable uh, how well not no <laughs> how just, just how, how the same everything is yeah, yeah, you yeah. know um games haven't been around uh for a super long time like film but games i think can still feel that same uh, that same experience with with steam with a lot of older games getting remastered and and reshared again mm-hmm. um we see the the same protagonist the same you know brown haired brown eyed uh, cisgender straight male mm-hmm. um protagonist, or the story of uh the all white colonizers or or some something like that mm-hmm. so because that's all accessible to us now, when something isn't that, it stands out and it's much more engaging and much more entertaining because mm-hmm. the human experience is so diverse you know there's there's this massive world uh out there and and massive amount of people's stories out there that have yet to penetrate the Western market, you know, to the, the U S market. I mean, people in India are tearing, telling their stories to themselves, you know, to yeah, each other good, anyways. Yeah. And through Bollywood, like mm-hmm. there are stories in China stories in the Philippines stories in Africa, mm-hmm. like that just never make it over into the West, over into the, the European um, American markets. Uh, we just, just tell them, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it stands out and it's new and it's fresh and it's exciting and it's invigorating to, to see that. So to me, I'm like, it's, it's safer to, to, to be diverse. It's safer to be inclusive. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's, you're going to tell something that low hanging fruit. You're going to tell something that hasn't been done before, you know, Mm -hmm. make the black Panther, make, uh, the crazy rich Asians, make the, you know, the, uh, all these other diverse, um, Oh gosh. Trans America came out. Uh, I don't know how many years ago, which is an amazing movie. Mm -hmm. Um, there, the opportunities are there. It's low hanging fruit. It just Mm -hmm. takes a little bit of, uh, gumption to like, we'll just do it. You know, like really we're, we're not curing cancer. You know, we're not like, we're not solving world hunger. We're making entertainment. We're making games. So let's, Mm -hmm. let's tell cool, interesting stories with that. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it's the time to do it because what I'm seeing is even if we're talking about within Hollywood or uh, people with uh, there's a shift in positions of power now, like more diverse Mm -hmm. people are going into these uh, positions to actually make the call to like finance projects that wouldn't have been financed before. And I think a lot of that is helping kind of diversify everybody's opportunity to actually succeed in any industry now. So this is the perfect time to explore and be open and and be accepted uh, with whatever story you want to tell. As long as it's a good story. I mean, that that's, that's the foundation. As long as it's a good story, uh, any story can be told yeah. and should be that way.
0: Absolutely. I think what's interesting about being a game developer is I'm finding myself more and more needing to kind of expect the unexpected, right? Like... When you go indie, you know, you're responsible for everything. You're wearing all the hats, especially you specifically right Mm -hmm. now. Like you do all the hats. You're working with people that you have uh, obviously contracted, but the initial concept, your idea, right? Our direction, your idea. All the things that other people are filling in for stemmed from you, right? And so I guess how do you deal with just random things going wrong or random things requiring your attention or just because it's not, nothing is set in stone. You don't have that process like we had when we had a job where we were just the UI person who is responsible for UI, who maybe I get feedback or talk to other departments, but I pretty much know my pipeline is going to be repetitively making sure that the UI is good designed. Everyone voted for it. It's in, okay, give me the next piece. You know what I mean? I guess, can you tell me about how you feel like the experience switch has been for you in going from, I don't want to say cognitive machine, but going from like specific expert to now being the overall product expert needing to know everything about everything.
2: For sure. So uh, with, with the UX UI space um, I was a bit lucky in that that touches all the disciplines. So I, I already had a bit of experience with, with everything, you know, as, mm-hmm. as you're designing interfaces and designing the user experience, you uh, are talking to the systems designers for how are these mechanics supposed to work? You're talking with, um uh, the the artist, the environment artist, the character artists, uh, the concept artists for okay, what's the visual language we're creating for this world? You're talking to the programmers, like, okay, look, this really needs to be click and click and draggable, for instance, or something. You know, what's what's the uh what's the development cost for this? Um so I already had a a broad uh overview of all the different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um uh, specifically to the like, okay, every, all the creative direction, all of the uh, the big choices have to come for me. Um, that has been a huge shift in a like, how do you make these decisions? How, how do you, uh, especially as a as the only full time developer on the game, yeah. um, I, I'm used to bouncing ideas off of off of other people. Um, so with that, I've I've had to I've had to find my. Uh, my canaries in the coal mine. I've had to find my other, uh, uh, sanity check group, uh, to, to bounce, bounce ideas off of. Um, that's my, I, I meet with the D and D group once a week. Uh, I'll show them character concept art before we start our campaign just be like, mm-hmm. Hey, wh- what does this look like to y'all? You know, is this meeting X, Y, and Z parameters? And they'll be able to give me a quick, like, yeah, it looks cool. Or what is that? Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I run stuff by my husband, uh, and ask him, he's not interested in games at all. So if he likes something, I know it looks great. (laughs) Um, I, I've had to be much more, um, uh, what's the word not knowledgeable. I've had to be much more active in setting up, uh, lunches with people, with former Mm -hmm. colleagues, um, and going out and, and showing them like Taking, taking my pitch deck, taking some work in progress stuff and actually going and being like, hey, if I buy you lunch. Can you just let me know what you think about, about this plan or this design? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I've been able to get the feedback. Um, with the unexpected things that come up, uh, whiskey. Uh, I, I mean, I, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, there are late nights um, where uh, uh, you'll, you know, you'll look at stuff and and you've been looking at everything, you know, like, like two inches from your face, uh, whether it's design docs or code or or concept art or something like that. Um, And and I found sometimes it's like, look, let me just, let me just have a drink, Mm -hmm. calm down Mm -hmm. and helps you take a step back. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, does this really matter? Like, is it, if it's blue or blue green, like, is that really going to, kill the whole game probably not like okay well let's we're gonna go with this if for nothing else then a decision just needs to be made um so just personal health mental health making sure i go to the gym that reduces my stress level which means i have more mental energy in order to make the decisions um And just valuing the ability to just make a decision. Sometimes like there's not necessarily a good or a bad. It's just a decision needs to be made one way or the other. Okay. And the effect of that decision
0: needs to be kept for the remainder of the development. So it Um, sounds like you've had a lot of practice with decision making and you have your methods. mm -hmm. So uh, I have a challenge for you. Let's put that to the test. You're going to at it really quick. It's called the Fast Five. It's where I ask you five rapid fire questions and I need five rapid fire answers. We do it with all the people. we bring right. the Podcast. Are you ready, sir? As, as I ever will be. So let's go. All right. Question number one, who was the best movie Batman?
2: Oh man. Um, uh, uh, shoot. I'm so bad with, um, <laughs> with names. Uh,
1: which era? The what do you look like?
2: The, well, the <laughs> oh, this is going to sound terrible. What I first thought was like the the nipple Batman, like the Batman uh, with George uh, the in the suit. Clooney, George Clooney, bat nipple. George Clooney, like, yeah. and I, yeah. I, I don't want to say best. I want to say like most in my mind
0: that like kind of cheesy, Iconic, like yeah,
2: yeah, like that's maybe it's because I grew up with it,
0: but the most But yeah, there you okay, go. Cool question number two: Does pineapple go on pizza? <laughs> If it has to, if you don't have anything else, uh, not, I'd rather not question. Number three, if you could only play one game for the rest of your life, if you had to pick one, which game would it be? Dwarf fortress. Oh, that's a good one. Question number four. If there was one superhero superpower that you could have for one day, which one would you pick?
2: Uh, does it have to be a specific superhero or just a power just in general power.
0: just the power like a suit uh it would be
2: it, oh just for one day uh, uh it would be uh it would be flights okay uh and I'd, I'd fly somewhere else because airline travel is really expensive.
0: <laughs> He's like, see, you, flying right next to luggage. <laughs> Question number five. What was the most memorable gaming experience that you've had thus far?
2: Thus far. Um, uh, I'd have to say um, uh, Florence. I don't know if you played that game. It's the mobile, uh, uh, mobile game about um, first love. Mm-hmm. Uh very succinct, uh very, very well done, well polished, no dialogue um in the whole uh in the whole game. Um and you just follow a uh uh you follow a a female person as she goes grows up, uh meets their meets her first love um and goes through that relationship. It's a very simple story, it's a very relatable story. Um, it was so emotionally fulfilling to go through that journey. Uh, but it was also emotionally fulfilling for it to end when you finish the game, it's done, it's finished. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else for me to see. That was mm-hmm. so gratifying to, mm-hmm. to be able to walk away and know that I'd seen everything in
0: that experience. Okay. Colin, that's a, I mean, that's a great commercial for that game. Unfortunately, because of that, <laughs> your time is not top ten. <laughs> <Sorry>. Oh no, <laughs> not top ten. But you have completed the challenge. So uh, one thing I will say is, Kylan, I'm looking at the time, and we've been podcasting for about an hour now. So thank you for being on this podcast with us. We're so appreciative of your knowledge, your expertise, but also just your your good nature and your great spirits. Um, so Brandon and I, we normally take about a five minute break at the end of the podcast to go bullshit off camera. Mm-hmm. And we're going to let you talk directly to our audience to shout out, promote, raise awareness or just shine spotlight on something you're doing, something that you're involved in or just anything you think needs a little more attention right now. So without further ado, sir, uh, the floor is yours.
2: All right. Thank you. Um, hey, everybody. Uh want to check out uh, our game, A Long Journey to an Uncertain End, uh, you can go to longjourneygame.com, uh, all one word, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you'll be able to get uh, get updates uh, before they go out anywhere else. Uh, maybe even get some little, little extra rewards uh, uh, for the game as they come out. Um, if you have questions for me about UX UI work uh, or about the game, Uh, you can follow me, um, on Twitter, uh, at crispy creative, uh, or check out our website, um, crispy dash creative.com, uh, there's a dash in the website name. So go ahead and dash on over and, and check us out.
0: That That was brilliant. All right, dude. Well, uh, we wish you nothing but success and good luck with the launch of your crowdfunding campaign. Obviously you'll get contributions from us. We want to see you win, man. So yeah. Um, Without further ado, I'm saying toodaloo.
1: <laughs> I'll see you guys next <laughs> week. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you, y'all. Are we done?